We are mapping out Lagos using drones and we are capturing and updating actually the autophoto of Lagos State. So the old autophoto, which is the one that Lagos State currently has, is a resolution of 10 cm. Now the updated one that my team is carrying out is going to have the, uh, the resolution of between 2.7 cm and 3.5 centimeters. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Geospatially Africa podcast, the podcast for the African geospatial community. I'm Okoyemi and I'll be your host for today. This episode promises to be very interesting because we're talking about drone technology and its use cases for remote sensing in Nigeria and even Lagos in fact. Because in today's episode, our special guest, is the lady in charge of mapping Lagos, as I like to put her. And as you have heard from the intro part, she is responsible for updating some of the auto photo. She's a foremost drone pilot and GIS analyst based in Lagos, Nigeria. And she's also a, an advocate for drone technologies in Nigeria, where she works to champion the training and adoption of drone technology within Nigeria and Sub-Saharan Africa. And in today's episode, we'll be discussing all things drone technology, our experiences with the projects that she has done, how she got into the field, and how others also can get into it. She would also be introducing us to the awesome initiative she has created, She Flies. Welcome, Adiola. Thank you so much, Okoyemi. Um, the honor is mine. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So first of all, please introduce yourself. I know I didn't do justice to who Adiola is. So we would like to know how you got into the geospatial industry and what sparked your passion for drone technology in particular. Okay, thank you, Okoyemi. Well, uh, like you've um, stated, my name is Adiola Akiwale. Um, I'm a GIS analyst. I have about 12 years experience in the GIS um, sector. Um, I'm a project manager and I have about four years um, experience flying drones, that is in the drone industry. I am currently a project manager with Asekul Nigeria. Um, one of the projects or profound projects that have um, been opportuned to um, deliver is the deployment of an unmanned aerial vehicle to the Lagos State government called the Tigua S410. Um, this um, deployment was part of the Lagos State Enterprise GIS project. That deployment um, was completed in 2019. Um, right now, we are also engaged by the Lagos State government to use that drone, the Tigua S410, to map the whole of Lagos State uh, in conjunction with other types of um, drones. So we are currently using drones to map the Lagos State landmass. I'm also the secretary of a body called NUSA, that is Nigerian Unmanned Systems and Robotics Association. This um, body called NUSA is um, a body that helps to foster collaboration between organizations that provide drone services and the regulators of this industry. I'm also the founder of She Flies. She Flies is a community that helps to encourage young ladies 
to gain um, skills, experiences that helps to expose young ladies into the drone technology, the aviation tech, um, um, industry, so that when they finally begin to choose their career path, they would have gained um, enough skills and um, they would have gained enough interest, they would have been inspired to be able to make a difference in the drone um, industry. So that is um, my um, a summary about me. Thank you. All right, perfect. But you, you did mention what sparked your passion in drone technology. Because for me as a person, I remember that, you know, my love for maps and all sparked my interest in geospatial technologies and cartography in particular. So I'd really like to know what the story is that really pushed you into your love and passion for drone technology. All right, thank you, Okwenu. So, yes. Um, in 2016, I had the opportunity to meet the then governor of Lagos State. And um, to cut the long story short, we were drafted into a consortium that would um, later on deliver the Lagos State Enterprise Geographic Information Systems Project uh, for the state then. And uh, there were about five companies in that consortium. And our own assignment was to deploy the unmanned aerial vehicles, that is the drones, that would help to uh, generate or, or develop a new base map for the state. Of course, Lagos State had um, flown around the state using manned aircraft between 2009 and 2011. And uh, the government needed to update that auto photo. And so um, as part of that consortium, they wanted to use the drone technology to update the auto photo, the base map of the state. Um, there were other companies that were providing all that geographic information systems projects. So it was an enterprise um, GIS project. It was a consortium. We were one of the companies that came together. And our own job was to deploy drones. At that point in time, I didn't know nothing about drones. So we took the project and I began to execute the project. I began to read about drones, their uses, their advantages, and you know all the technicalities, and that was where everything started. Um, apart from managing the project of delivering and deploying the drones to our client, I also began to you know expose myself to the technology. I began to read, 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 and that was where the passion um, started from. Wow, that's so awesome and interesting. The fact that you actually started this far into your career as a GIS analyst already. So you didn't start out as a drone pilot, but you got to learn it along the way, yes. And I've noticed also that from, from what other people say about their journey into using drone technology, there's sort of a similarity there. So it's, it's obvious that you know anybody can, can be a drone pilot as long as you have the passion for it and you see the need or use case for it. So thank you so much for letting us into a bit of your history that way. Thank you. Yeah. So, okay, um, moving on now. May we know a bit more about drone technology and what it entails? For some of our listeners who may not be very familiar with it, can you just give us a slight introduction into what drone technology is about? Okay. Well, I can describe a drone as a flying robot. And uh, many of us have seen um, aircraft. Some people have had the opportunity to be on an aircraft, a manned aircraft, usually flown by, you know, pilot. The drone is like a very small aircraft that a man cannot climb on. 
bots can be remotely piloted, can be remotely flown. So we have different nomenclature for the description of a drone. Some people say it's UAS, that is unmanned aerial systems. So if you talk about a system, it encompasses the control station and every other thing. Um, some people refer to it as unmanned aerial vehicle. If you look at what a vehicle is, that is the hardware. So if you are talking about the hardware, the drone itself, the equipment itself, that is what UAV simply refers to. But if you say UAS, the system that controls it, that is, you know, that includes UAS. Now, some people also um, refer to it as RPAS, that is um, RPAS, Remotely Piloted Aircraft System. So the R that stands for remotely means that you can stand at a particular location and send this equipment that looks like a plane or a robot. You can send it to a particular location. So it does what it has to do. You send some commands to it. It does what it has, it has to do. And then it comes back to you. So it is. we can refer to it as a flying robot. It's like a small aircraft. It's usually remotely piloted. That is, from a particular position, you can actually control it. And it also has like an autonomous, you know, um, feature where it can, you know, you can send the command to it. It carries out the command automatically. It executes the command. And then because it also has um, an equipment on board called a GPS, that is a global positioning you know, system, is able to lock where it started from, that is the home point. So it is locked the home point, it's noted it, it has the coordinates, and then it goes, it carries out autonomous flights, um, is able to you know, automatically execute the mission. And then because it knows where it, it is coming from, it comes back to that home position. That is a simple description. There are so many other things that are involved, but that is you know, how I can describe drone technology to um, an ordinary person right now. All right, that's beautiful. And the last thing you said was, just reminded me of sort of a boomerang. So a drone sort of has this boomerang ability to go back to its point of origin. I didn't know that because I don't know much about drones. So th thank you for that bit of lecture about drone technology. So what are the benefits of drone technology, as in, in what sectors or what fields can it be beneficial or applicable? For some of our listeners that are thinking, oh, what can drone technology really do? What is the importance of it? Okay, so there are so many sectors that we can apply the drone technology to. Um, agriculture, surveying and mapping, um, videography, photography, that is in media, um, there are uh, so many other sectors, um, disaster management, uh, monitoring and control, surveillance, oil and gas. So these are some of the many sectors that we can apply the drone technology to. Agriculture is one of them. Now, when we talk about application of drones in these sectors, drones help us to save a lot of time. It saves a lot of time, it saves a lot of money, and most importantly, it saves lives. Talk about um, the oil and gas sector, for instance. In oil and gas, if you want to use drones to inspect their equipment, for instance, or, okay, before we you know, talk about dr using drones, 
when they want to inspect their equipment, their tank farms, their you know stack and all those their complex equipment, one of the things they do is that they shut down all operations. They usually shut down, and then they bring engineers. Sometimes the engineers have to climb you know very high you know ladders and you know so many things that they do just to carry out maintenance repairs dictate a leak and seal it up and all those things so when they shut down they lose millions of dollars nowadays because they are employing drone technology they don't have to shut down so that is saving a lot of money then you don't have to go as a human being to go and carry out this maintenance work that is saving lives sometimes when fire is burning you know Maybe it could be burning on, a, on an oil rig or maybe in, uh, on a tank farm. Sometimes humans have to go and intervene. Yes, I said disaster management. Sometimes firefighters have to go and intervene and, you know, they have to put their lives on the line, you know, trying to quench some fires and everything. Nowadays, you don't have to do those things. You just send an equipment. I've seen drones being used to fight fires. I've seen drones being used to monitor and inspect. I've seen drones being used to disinfect plants on the farmland. Instead of men carrying this poisonous insecticide and, you know, going about themselves, you can use drones nowadays. Instead of um, using manned aircraft, you know, to map a whole state or to map a specific area, you can use drones nowadays to do those things. Everyone knows that manned aircraft are way more expensive, 10 or 100 times more expensive than drones. So these are some of the many advantages of using or employing the drone technology. Drones help us to save time, help us to save money, and most importantly, help us to save lives. That's beautiful. And, and especially in the fact that, you know, drone technologies and its uses in disaster mapping which is some a part that I am very, you know, interested in. And also as a form of remote sensing, like uh, instead of, you know, using satellite imagery in areas or communities where access to high-resolution satellite imagery is not available, the use of drone imagery or aerial photos taking using drone technology can be a substitute in those cases. And that will still give even as, as good a result or even as good an analysis. So yes, I think drone technology is really, really important, especially in this day and age. And you've beautifully captured most, like some of the uses, in fact, majority of the uses of drones. And, and yes, that's beautiful. Absolutely. Yes, yes, perfect. In your opinion, what's, what do you think the potentials for drone technology would be in Nigeria and even sub-Saharan Africa? Do you think we have enough, based on all these um, potential uses you've, you've said, do you think we have enough use cases to justify its adoption here, considering the, technolo the technology involved, the technical expertise involved, and even the costs? Do you see the potential of adopting it as high in this part of the world? Absolutely. My answer will be a capital yes. There are many use cases and there are many potentials for the drone technology in Nigeria. If you compare um, Nigeria, Africa to other parts of the world, um, Europe, Asia, Australia, these are developed countries. Many of them have their estates already developed, well-planned. 
Many of them have their farmlands, you know, well-structured. Um, they have a working system. Um, Africa is still developing. We need innovation. We need technology, advanced technology that can help us to easily plan, help us to spend less money, less time to achieve more results. This is what drones can help us do. So drones help us to save time, save more, more money, so we can divert these monies to other parts you know, of developing the sectors. So drones definitely have very massive, many use cases in Nigeria. We can employ and deploy the technology to various sectors in Nigeria. It can help us develop our society, our economy. It can help us plan our estates, um, and I mean, so my answer to this would be a definite capital. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And considering the fact that, like you said, you know, there's a lot of potential for this part of the world where we don't have as much funds. Since drone technology is a very affordable way to do a lot of things, you know, it's, it's, it makes sense to adopt it massively in this part of the world, especially in Nigeria and Sub-Saharan Africa. So, yes, I totally agree with what you said. And, and yes, thank you for that input. So now, like, moving on, I would like to ask, like, because as a Nigerian, you know, drone technology is not something that is very common in this part, you know. So how, how were you able to get into the field? You mentioned about studying and all that. But how do you get certifications? How do you get, you know, the materials and the study resources? How do you how do you learn how to be a drone pilot as a Nigerian? And you, you know, you could also tell us some of the challenges that you faced getting into the profession. All right, uh, this is now this is a very sensitive question, Okoyemi. I must admit, but um, I'm going to go for it by the, um, all the same. So. How do we get licensed as a drone pilot? And how do we get into the, um, the drone industry? I would just summarize my own story. Like I, I, I've mentioned part of my story uh, when I was introducing myself. But I would encourage anyone who is listening to us not to adopt my you know, pattern or my, um, my, uh, my journey. I would, I would say that I actually um, had to train myself um, for, for a start. I had to purchase my own drone equipment, a very small one, and then I moved to a more professional one. So um, talking about the challenges I've um, faced in the drone industry, uh, one of the things that we would have noticed is that some sectors are male-dominated. For instance, surveying, for instance, the drone industry, you know, there's a lot of tendency to find more males in the industry. So one of the major challenges that I faced was the fact that I found myself among males and I was not easily handed over the, you know, the silver spoon, so to speak. You know, I've had to earn my spot, you know, on the table by learning the skill, um, I, I, one of the challenges that I, one of the major challenges was the fact that, you know, at some point, um, I wasn't even given enough training to be able to understand and, you know, m master the drone technology. So one of the things I did was to purchase some drone equipment, started from a 
a small drone, a toy drone, and I crashed that a lot of times, you know. <laughs> uh, thankfully, not on anyone or not on any um, property. So, you know, after I was done with, you know, that toy drone, I moved on to a more professional, more expensive drone. And then I began to map more professionally. I began to fly drones using it to map more professionally. So, yes, because I wasn't really handed over the training on a platter of gold, I've had to expose myself to the skill, you know, in, in a very crude way. Of course, I want to encourage anyone listening to this to go through the path that I have gone through. You know, you, you should go through it the formal way, you know, the educative way. So I've had to learn how to use drones, you know, before even, you know, going for one formal training or the other. So I've had to watch a lot of YouTube videos. I've had to read up, read up, read up. And I've had to practice, practice, practice on my own before I was able to gain, you know, enough mastery on operating the, the, the drone equipment. Of course, at, at some point, I don't know, maybe we'll get to it. There are different types of drone equipment and they're different. And these equipment have their different complexities. By and large, a drone is still a drone. And across board, they always have the major components. Uh, some other challenges that I've, I've had to face is being able to become a licensed um, drone pilot. And if you know anything about licensing, you would know that you have to always update your license. As time goes on, you always have to update some every two years, you know, and there are different types of licenses that you always have to update. Some every year, every six months, every two years, as the case may be, you know. So and I'm still in the process of, you know, getting one or two licenses. And um, I must mention that in Nigeria, there is no authorized training organization that is ATO, especially for drone licensing. Uh, you always have to go out of the country, maybe the UK, the US, Dubai, South Africa, Malawi, even other African countries. You go to another country, you go through you know, a, a training school, you get a, your license, and then you come back to Nigeria and you will be recognized as a drone pilot. So our regulators have a lot of work to do when it comes to regulating this industry, the drone industry in Nigeria. It's one of the major challenges every drone pilot faces and every organization, you know, preferring commercial drone services. These are some of the major challenges that we face in the drone industry. Mm. And that's really enlightening, the fact that you said, okay, if I wanted to learn how to be a drone pilot the right way, the certified way, I have to do it outside the country. Now, for those, so for most of us that we might not even have the funds to even leave the country, uh, you know, I'd maybe like to chip it in now that, you know, there's the ADDA, as you already know, you know, that offers African youth the opportunity to be certified drone pilots. And they are the only organization that I know in Africa that prefers these licenses, the global standard licenses, you know, and it's a scholarship organized by the UNICEF. So uh, uh, that, apart from that opportunity now, there's hardly any other opportunities for young, inexperienced people to get into the drone industry. And that's quite unfortunate. As time goes on, we hope that, you know, as time goes on and you know, the government and regulators see the importance of drone technologies. They will probably have these organizations in place and these certification methods in place. 
so that we can also um, take advantage of this opportunity. Yeah, so thank you, um, Adiola, for showing us some of these challenges that you you have faced. And but I'm also aware of the fact that you are trying to, you know, make sure that some others don't go through everything that you have gone through uh, in form of she flies your initiative. Um, can you tell us more about she flies and, and what prompted you to to found her and what she's about really? All right, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Now, She Flies is a community that I had to come up with um, when I discovered that I was, you know, encountering lots of challenges developing this skill and in this uh, drone industry. I came up with this um, um, initiative. It is a community that aims to strengthen and empower females, particularly in the STEM, that is science, technology, engineering, mathematics, um, and then we focus on unmanned aerial systems. And we focus on this industry. We do this by driving increased participation of women, especially girls, uh, especially from the young age. So we go to schools. We we have um, our groups in uh, on, on Instagram, on WhatsApp. You know, we come together often and we encourage ourselves. We do uh, quite a number of trainings, quite a number of discussion, sharing of information, you know. So when we are able to expose young ladies to the drone technology in the drone industry, by the time they are choosing their career path, they would have gained enough skills. And, you know, they wouldn't, you know, be sidelined or, you know, pushed aside. They will be able to bring something to the table. And many of them would have even developed the interest and they would have been able to, you know, establish themselves in the drone industry. So that's what SheFlies she try to do. We do a lot of collaborations, a lot of networking, a lot of sharing of information, engagement, discussions. And in the near future, SheFlies is even looking at, you know, partnering with very, you know, rich and... Um, large organizations to even provide scholarship opportunities to these young ladies. We all know, like you rightly said, it's quite expensive to go out there, to travel to other parts of the world, to go and get licensed and come back to Nigeria so that one can be recognized. So one of these days, She Flies is looking to collaborate with organizations who have the funds, who are you know, major investors, you know, willing to invest in these young lives, and we will be able to provide scholarship um, um, scholarship opportunities to these young ladies. So yes, we do collaborations. We encourage ourselves. We share a lot of knowledge. We do lots of trainings. You know, we allow the ladies to have hands-on experience. I mean, one of the challenges that I had when I was learning is that I didn't even have a drone equipment to learn with. So I was. You know, thinking in my head, who's going to borrow me a drone? Who's going to teach me? Who's going to help me? How do I do this? How do I do that? So she flies helps to, is looking to answer some of these questions. So we put together some trainings. We allow the, uh, our, um, we allow our, our girls, our, our ladies to have hands-on experience flying the drones. They're excited. They want to learn more. They want to save up and even buy their own 
you know, as the case may be, maybe a toy drone, and then from there continue to 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 develop the interest. So that's what she flies is all about. Well, that's really interesting, Viola. And the fact that just a question you ago, I was still lamenting, you know, the fact that there's hardly any training within the uh, the country, and it seems it seems that with she flies. You're organizing, you know, all these types of training and even mentoring, trying to mentor this, these ladies, you know, into the path, you know, trying to show them the ropes and offer them advice that you couldn't get. And what more can you do to pay it forward, you know, to contribute to the next generation? And for this, I would really say thank you. Thank you, Adiola, for She Flies. And thank you for, you know, the thoughts behind it. I myself am a staunch advocate for mentoring. I'm at this point in my career you know, in GIS and Geospatial because of the mentors that I've had. And I always like to celebrate fellow mentors like um, like you, you know, impacting the next generation of GIS and STEM ladies and women in the industry. So thank you so much for that, Diola. Thank you, Okoyemi. appreciate it. Yes. So how does one join Chief Flies? Like, for example, I know there are some listeners now that will be so excited about this initiative and what you're doing, and they really want to know how to join. Is there a form or a website that they could go and log on to and then fill a form or something? How do they join? Okay, so you can join She Flies um, by following us on Instagram. On Instagram, we are at SheFliesOrg. That is altogether SheFliesOrg. That is spelled S-H-E-F-L-I-E-S, org, O-R-G. So all joins together. You can find us on Instagram. Please follow us on Instagram. You can send us a DM. You can send us your number. And then we'll, we will add you to our WhatsApp community. On our WhatsApp platform, we share quite some information, um, especially our next event. Um, we, you know, we post um, job adverts or... Our trainings, we post um, ideas or collaboration opportunities on our WhatsApp platform. If you'd like to join our group, please send us your number. On LinkedIn, we also post our events and, you know, all our engagement, our collaboration opportunities. On LinkedIn, we are She Flies Community. She um, space flies space community. And we also have our Twitter handle at She Flies Drones. Twitter handle at She Flies Drone. So this is how you can join She Flies. We have quite um, um, a few ladies already. We are about 40 to 50 members already, and we are still growing. Among us are licensed drone pilots, and um, they are very powerful and loaded and passionate young ladies. Perfect. And then all those links that you just gave, will definitely be added in our show notes for listeners to, you know, so that they can just click on there. And like she said, you just follow them on the social media and send a DM and you'll be added to the group straight up. So thank you for that, um, Adiola. And now we're, we're getting to the tail end of the interview. So um, like we said, we've talked about how to be a pilot here in Nigeria and some of the things, opportunities that are available to us as Nigerians to fly drones. What advice will you give to a new, like to a brand new person trying to learn about drones? Like what, what particular piece of advice do you think is most important that you give to somebody like that? Okay, thank you, Okoyemi. Uh, this has been exciting. My advice to the upcoming drone 
um, pilots is that come with a burning passion. No one can hinder burning passion. No one can hold you back. No one can hold you down. There'll be lots of challenges. There'll be lots of discouragement here and there. Don't let anything quench your fire. Come with the fire. Come with the fire in your bones. Come with the drive to learn, learn, learn. Learn all that you can. Be willing to learn from young, from old, from the hostile, from the friendly. Be willing to go all the way. Be willing to invest all the time, energy. Be willing to invest your pocket money. Be willing to invest, you know, time um, spent watching videos, but continue to drive the passion. No one can hinder you once you have the passion. Even when you face challenges, let the passion, let the fire, let the ginger be alive, and you will make it. Definitely, you will make it. And with the support of uh, veterans like Deola herself, who is very, very approachable, by the way, you know, with support of people like this, you can definitely make it. Now, while we were talking about your work with the Lagos State Government, you mentioned one very interesting fact that I don't think most of our listeners would be aware of. Like, even myself, I didn't know that this opportunity was available. And I would just like you to just tell us, like, you said that there are available out there high-resolution images of Lagos State, like the length and breadth of it. Tell us more about that. All right. That is another interesting aspect actually now uh because we are privy to this information i would give this url the lagos state government um, is able to host the current auto photo that was um, obtained between 2009 and 2011 the lagos state government is able to host this auto photo on a particular website the website is maps.lagosstate.gov.ng forward slash map maps.lagosstate.gov.ng forward slash map one more time i'll take it maps.lagosstate.gov.ng forward slash map now this particular platform i can refer to it as an sdi special data infrastructure this was um, actually deployed by one of the consultant members of the Lagos state egis project on this platform on this um, um, website or uh, this platform, I would say, you can actually see the current Lagos State Auto Photo. Uh, it has quite a number of tools. You can click on, it has quite a number of layers as well. You can see the vector layer. You can see, you know, some interactive layers such as polling units. You click on the, the features. You will be able to carry out simple um, um, analysis such as measurements. For instance, you want to measure how long a street is and such like. You can zoom in and zoom out. So the Lagos State is hosting this current auto photo as well as other layers, vector layer, raster layer on this platform. Now, because ASECO is, or my team, is mapping out Lagos. Now we are in 2021, 2022. We are mapping out Lagos using drones and we are capturing and updating actually the auto photo of Lagos State. Uh, it, it will interest you to note that the current um, auto photo, which was obtained in 2009 and 2011, has the resolution of 10 centimeters. Now, my team is mapping Lagos State using drones 
And this platform is going to host the new, you know, newly obtained autophoto base map. So the old autophoto, which is the one that Lagos State currently has, is a resolution of 10 cm. Now, the updated one that my team is carrying out is going to have the, uh, the resolution of between 2.7 cm and 3.5 centimeters. So you can do what we call change detection, image comparison. For instance, like I said, in 2009, between 2009 and 2011, the autophoto that was obtained by the Lagos State Government does not have the Keta City Mall does not have the Ikoyileki Bridge and so many other points of interest. They are not present on that map. But because we are updating this autophoto, this update is going to have a better resolution. It's going to have so many features that were not present in the old autophoto. So once again, I like us to, especially those who are, you know, just specially inclined visit the platform maps.legostate.gov.ng forward slash map. This is, you know, purely hosted by the Lagos State government. It's going to, very soon, it's going to have the newly updated um, autophoto. It currently has the autophoto that was captured 2009 and 2011. Thank you, That's really awesome. That's really awesome, Adiola. And you know what? I was literally dancing in my seat right now because I did not know that we could get 10 centimeter resolution of the entire length and breadth of Lagos. I did not know that existed. And I, when you told me, it was just, I like, I literally jumped for joy. Because as a geospatial person, we always say that, like, data is hard to come by. But then the, the, the global consensus is the fact that there should be more and more geospatial data of every point in, 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 in the universe, in the, I mean, in the, in the world, I mean. And then, you know, the fact that Lagos State, my state, Lagos State, and even some other states in Nigeria, because I know Benson Inyobong, my co-host, is also working with so something similar in Aquaibom, and even talked about them producing LIDAR data for Aquaibom. So imagine my excitement when I see that even parts of the world such as this, where the world really doesn't look to for such things as high-resolution imagery, actually has these things. And to be privy to such information, and for our listeners to be even privy to such information, is really exciting for me right now. Imagine the use cases that we could use such high-resolution images for. And you even mentioned change detection. Like you could see the urban sprawl, how big, how big the slums have become or how small they have become, how big, you know, how much uh, floodplain is being reclaimed for new estates and new developments and all that. Even a random person can just use it as a project. A geospatial person that is just looking at a project that, oh, what can I do with my newly found GIS skills? Or oh, let me just compare these two images of Lagos and see how things have changed over time. And this is one of the roots you know, parts of environmental sustainability management and stuff. And so I'm so excited right now. And thank you so much, Adiola, for giving us such amazing in in information. And I think that will be a very good way to round up our interview today. Thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, one last question that I would really like to ask, as is our tradition on the podcast, what do you think the future of 
drone technology adoption would be in Nigeria and Africa? Like, what is your outlook on the future in particular? And also, let me just chip it in. What would you say? I know there's an intense debate about satellite imagery and, you know, as opposed to aerial photograph or drone aerial photography. What is your take on this intense debate? Because I have my opinions. I know that I feel that drone technology would be a really good supplement for satellite imagery, you know, in situ and, um, and um, you know, subcontinental um, imagery, you know, things that are gotten like, with huge budgets and stuff. Like, but in areas of the world like this, where we don't have access to uh, big satellites that can give us uh, aerial imagery, I think drone technology can really come in to supplement and give us this high-resolution imagery at half the cost or at a fraction of the cost. So I know that I feel that, you know, drone technology is very important in supplementing satellite imagery needs in this part of the world. But I would really like to know what your take is on that. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Okoemi. Um, you're not far from the, truth, uh, from the truth. I also uh, share your sentiments. For me, I would say combine technology. Anywhere I'm being asked this question, I always say combine this technology. Uh, for very large areas, we still need satellite imagery, how be it um, poorly um, delivered or poorly captured. We all know that some of the issues with satellite imagery is the poor resolution, uh, inaccuracies, um, cloud cover, you know, among other challenges. So I would say um, when we have good quality satellite imagery, we can still go for it. And for more detailed analysis, for more accurate analysis, let us um, bring in drone technology. So yes, let us combine technology. Drones have come to stay. We must always employ them. In the GIS industry, we should definitely combine technology, especially where and when necessary satellite imagery plus drone imagery. And then to answer your last question, uh, uh, um, actually, uh, what is the future? Uh, I mean, drones are the future and we must embrace it. This is what I would say. <laughs> okay, that's perfect then. I know that we're all talking about new generation technologies and definitely drone technology, as you have said, is quite new, at least in this part of the world, and it has come to stay, like you have said. So I totally echo what you just said. Thank you so much, Abiola, for being here with us today in this episode. And it was a pleasure, an absolute pleasure, interacting with you today on what drone technology is. Thank you so, so much, Abiola. Thank you, Opemi, and thank you, Ini, for this opportunity. It was my pleasure to be part of this uh, podcast. Uh, I wish you all the best. Once again, thank you. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope you've had as amazing a time as I have bringing this to you. If you did, remember to subscribe on any platform you get your podcast from so you get notified every time a new episode drops. Also, we'd love to hear from you. So if you have any comments, requests or suggestions, shoot us an email at gspatially at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at Geospatially. We are also on LinkedIn as Geospatially Africa Podcast. So we look forward to hearing from you. Bye.